On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we talked about paid search trends by way of device and ad type. We covered new signals coming to Google Ads automated bidding. Jess let us all know if she's going to choose to get surveilled for cheap. <laughs> and Greg pitched a concept for a new Will Smith flick. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on April 26, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. And if you want to follow along with us in our show notes, just head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, first up this week is the Q1 2019 report from Merkle. And this is their digital marketing report. And there is a lot of very interesting information in the report. <laughs> a lot of stats. Yes. And the lead here is that total paid search spending growth continued to decelerate for the fifth straight quarter. I like that word, decelerate. I don't in this context. Not because, in this context, no. Because <laughs> it's still growing. It's just growing slower. Yeah. So you hear this, you're like, oh my, go my goodness, the deceleration is happening. <laughs> but you're still increasing the, the growth overall. Right. But if you think about it like a car, you decelerate, you're slowing down, but you're still driving. That's true. That's true. Right? So people just need to get familiar with cars. Yeah, you're still driving, still going. Yeah. Okay. Forward. Straight ahead. Straight ahead. Okay. And Google is leading the way here. One of the most <laughs> shocking things that I saw was that Overall, 98% of the paid search spend is happening on Google. And that seems like kind of a no-brainer, but 92% of all spends are going to Google, which is crazy. Wait a minute. All spends? All paid search, 92%. Google has a 92% share of all the paid search spend. And 98% of all the mobile spend in the whole world. Paid search, yes. Paid search mobile. Absolutely. That's a huge, that's huge, like. I, Bigger it, than half. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's almost whole is what it is. I, just, I feel like I always make fun of numbers, but like seriously, that is, almost. I mean, 98% is most. That's just crazy to me. I can't downplay it. Yeah. Or upplay it enough. Okay, and then one of the really interesting parts of this summary or findings is that the search spend on desktop and tablet devices grew just 2% year over year. But phone growth accelerated up from 42% and grew another 46%, which is, is crazy. It is crazy. I mean, I feel like I do a lot more searches on my phone than I do on my computer in general, but I don't really know. I haven't thought too much about what ads I click and where I do that more. But in general, I feel like I'm searching more on my phone. So it would make sense if other people are doing the same that more ad clicks would happen there. Yeah. And so while the phone spend was it had increased by 46%, the other interesting thing is that phones and tablets this time, this is a little different, which is kind of a, a weird way to report Merkle, <laughs> but phones and tablets combined to make up 65% of all paid search clicks. So phones and tablets, basically 
kind of anything you can hold in your hand, right? 65% of all paid search clicks, but it was just 44% of the ad spend. That's interesting. So it's cheaper on these devices yes. per click in theory. Yes. And that's something that we see a lot, especially with anybody B2B, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. they, it's, it's significantly bid down. Even many B2C folks, it's bid down or you know, kind of segmented off there. So it is seeing an uptick, but if let's just pretend in a like ideal world, everybody actually knows what they're doing here and there's like <laughs> there's some correlation. P- these phone and tablet users might not be as effective as the kind of old school desktop folks. If we were to take if we were to say that people know what they're actually doing. Which do they? I no. Mean- <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, so another really interesting fact that came out of this is that overall, text ads saw a 12% decline in ad spend year over year. And so you might be thinking, well, how are things still growing? Shopping. Shopping is up 41% year over year. And when you look at shopping, the mobile shopping ads specifically, each click garnered 12% more revenue. So it's more competitive and again, the ad spend is moving towards shopping, even though you look at it, it might be like, text ads are down. No, it's shopping is kind of taking over. That is, again, this stuff is blowing my mind. I just, I'm an old lady, so I might like search for things on my phone, but when I'm shopping, I tend to do it on the computer. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe people are just feeling more dangerous than me and they're doing a lot of shopping on their mobile devices. I'm not <laughs> as impulsive as I, I probably should be on my phone, I guess, with stuff like that. But well, I feel our, like I go against the grain. Our sound engineer here, Hope, is itching to buy an Instagram, right? That's an Instagram. True. That's her only wish and it's coming true. <laughs> her only wish. And, and I thought we, last week we talked about the fact that you just turned 21. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm super young. Yes. You're not I'm an, an old, old lady. lady in practice, but not in, in real life. <laughs> All right. And f- this is actually some some commentary added from Merkel in the report. But what they said about the shopping and text ad uh, kind of you know discrepancy is that taken together, the shopping and text ad trends seem to indicate Google is prioritizing Google shopping ads in some situations that would have previously featured text ads. Furthermore, shopping units are cannibalizing traffic that might have previously gone to those text ads. So... Again, shopping ads aren't as easy as no. some of the text ads and have a whole bunch of frustrations that come along with them. But hey, you know, what does it mean for you at the end of the day? You hear that this growth might be decelerating. You know, we're not talking about a drop. It's that deceleration. Right. So the spends are still increasing. Like, don't get it wrong. Um, and the biggest thing to watch for, I think, is, you know, what's coming next? Is it shopping ads? Is it something else on the display side of things? Mm-hmm. You know, text ads obviously is going down a little bit, but it's because the shopping ads have pictures. Like, why <laughs> wouldn't people click on those? Surprise, surprise. I know. Okay. And then lastly, in the report, Instagram spend grew 44% year over year with increase increases in both pricing and ad impressions. And I've got a feeling that it's because it's <laughs> defaulted on with any Facebook ad. Yeah, I. that's what I was going to say. Do you think that all of those people realize that they're even spending on Instagram? I mean, 
if no. you have automatic placements selected, which is the default to your point, probably not. And every time I speak to a Facebook rep, which is actually pretty frequently, they <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> but they recommend every single time. It's like a super hard recommendation from them. They say, you know, our systems can learn better and do better for you if you have automatic placements and you're just going across all this inventory. But my complaint with that is you can't track by network that way. So I will never do that. But they're pushing <laughs> that really, really hard, really, really hard. So this makes sense. Yes. And of course, you need to be on, on Facebook stories. That's very important as Ooh, well. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Several people are. <laughs> all right. And believe it or not, that's it for this week's major news. Mm. And it's on to this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. And finally, I have a lot of news to share in the paid universe. I feel like it's been a lot of non-paid lately. So not this time. Greg, you get a little bit of a break. I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say too. I know you do. Sorry. It's not really a break for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So first up here, new signals are coming to smart bidding for mobile app and shopping campaigns on Google. If you're running app or shopping campaigns and using automated strategies, Google's going to start looking at more signals to inform your bidding, basically is what that means. Specifically for shopping campaigns, they're going to start looking at price competitiveness. That's the price of your products versus your competitors, as well as seasonality. So your ads could behave a little bit more different around Christmas time, say, when everybody's shopping versus just, you know, August. My biggest issue with this, and even anything about that kind of price sensitivity, mm-hmm. Google Shopping is the only thing that I know of that is a Google property that's still paid inclusion. Only. Only. Mm -hmm. The only way to be in Google Shopping is to pay for that. And that does not seem fair to any... (laughs) And they do a terrible job disclosing it as well. There's a very little sponsored at the very top right of the, the answers there. But guess what? Somebody's advertising for these things. There's money behind it. There might be some breaks that bigger companies have, but if you're Mm. promoting money to push something, it's probably going to be a higher price than somebody that doesn't have. I'm just saying, like, it saying that you're going to focus on like price sensitivity. If you really wanted that, include everything, and don't just be paid inclusion, and don't just make it pay for play to be in Google Shopping and seem like you're this all righteous being. No, you're making people pay to get into your shopping listing and you're doing a terrible job disclosing it. And the only way you can show up with those images there on desktop is to pay for it. And it's unfair. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ramped up today. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're right though, because I mean, that could affect the price too of the product. So to your point about larger companies versus small, smaller retails that have to pay to play, that could eventually end up changing some of the prices they have to charge for things. Question for you, Jess. Now they're going to be punished? I sell sneakers. You do? Yes. I've got this pair. (laughs) 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 That wasn't the question. That was just a statement. (laughs) (laughs) I've got this pair of sneakers on deep, 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 deep discount. Okay. Should I spend a lot of money promoting it? Sure. Okay. Well, you just wrote my point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just feel I'm like... I'm saying like if you've got something at a, a, a bare bottom pricing yeah, and everybody's going to buy it because of your price, why would you ever even advertise? Why would you put it into Google Shopping? Well, you have to. Otherwise, nobody's going to see you because it's pay for play. But that's your point, isn't that's it? That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. You wouldn't... If you had the lowest price on these things and you were being the best result for your customer, you might not have ad budget to do Google Shopping. Or you might, yeah, you might just do a text ad and then no one is going to see it because those are decelerating. (laughs) I I just, I I take, I take umbrage with 
Google Shopping because it is pay for play. All right. Well, I want your opinion on this then because app campaigns are also going to have some additional signals here. Google's going to look at the strength and quantity of an app's reviews. So if they have positive reviews and a larger number of them, that could be a signal for automated bidding as well for app campaigns. Do you have strong feelings on that at all? Um, I think it's better in general. It's kind of like a quality score for apps. Okay. So I like that thought where I'm not going to like make it easy for somebody to take, have <laughs> some spyware jammed down their phone. Like I, I appreciate that part of it. Okay. So I have no, I take no umbrage with this one. <laughs> How about that? Yes. I really just wanted you to say that word again. It's good. All right. So these updates are coming soon. Google said there's no official date. So keep a lookout. Next up, Twitter's ad revenue jumps 18% as marketers invest more on the platform. And that's according to an earnings report Twitter released earlier this week. I'd like to start off by saying if they improve their ad platform a bit, th that number could just be much higher. It is insane. And <laughs> the, the one thing that I love is all of these people that are these like st stock professionals, you know, it's uh, the Jim Cramers and all these folks on Twitter that are all you know, I'm bullish on this and bearish on that. If any of these people saw the Twitter ads platform, <laughs> they'd run for the hills. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, I'm Greg Finn, Jim Cramer here. <laughs> and sell, sell, sell. <laughs> like, give me that whatever button he's smashing. And oh, that guy. that guy. He used to have the show on TV. Does he still? I'm sure he, he does. He would just somewhere. run around the room and hit sound effects. If he doesn't, he's just still out there yelling the same stuff and hitting buttons that don't even work. And on his keyboard. Yes. <laughs> he's tweeting. <laughs> but it is the worst <laughs> platform ever. Yeah. And all they do is this like social things and just talk about all these policies and stuff and they don't work. They don't make it easy. It is so hard to spend money on Twitter. And nobody ever talks about that. It's insane. <laughs> I was just like, oh, look at the MAWs or MAUs, the monthly average users. <laughs> I don't know what MAW would be, but. Aww, I don't know. Monthly average. Whales. Whales? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. There's a lot of whales on Twitter. <laughs> well, the whale on Twitter used to mean it was broken. So that might be a bad thing. Oh, really? Yeah. You used to get the whale, the Twitter whale. When it was down. Oh, on the actual... It, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking like people are tweeting whales if something's <laughs> no. broken. No. This is broken. Give it a whale. <laughs> whale. Um, yeah. They also, in the article, did talk about engagement with ads going up, but cost per engagement going down. So even though we just complained about how terrible a platform it is, it might be time to rethink advertising there if you're not already, <laughs> only because... You, people seem to be spending more effectively. I don't know how they're doing it. They must be manipulating the system. It's got to be magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. It's just David Blaine and David Copperfield. <laughs> Any of the Davids are out there killing it on Twitter. What's that other guy? The the one in Vegas. Chris Sa Siegfried and Roy? No, Roy? no, 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 no. The uh, Chris Angel. Mind oh, Freak. With two S's. Is it? I don't know. Yes. Chris Angel. <laughs> yes, that's how you pronounce it. I bet it. he doesn't have an H it's either. French. Right? C-R-I-S-S? Angel? <laughs> Mind freak? I don't know. Anyway, he's out there advertising on Twitter. Um, okay. Next story is from directly from Spotify, and it's called Building New Roads for Auto Marketers on Spotify. Let's just appreciate that pun for a second because it's cute. Because it's about cars. That's yeah. why. Building That's why new roads. Get it? They also, so that was the title. And then if you read the article, they say in there, so we're paving new roads as well. So they reused it, but they changed it a little bit. Anyway, so what's going on? They have, they being Spotify has a new collaboration with Oracle Data Cloud. Specifically for auto advertisers, they're now going to be able to build custom audiences of potential car buyers, quote, across every vehicle segment and stage of the car buying cycle. 
Yes. And what was the number that they said people bought a rate at? Pretty, pretty high. They claim that Spotify users purchase new vehicles at a 26% higher rate than the national average of car buyers. Okay. So <laughs> let me just interrogate you for a second. God. Spotify users have historically bought cars at a 26% higher rate than other folks out there. Yes. Scorching hot take. Get the ice pack. <laughs> Why would I want to market cars to the current Spotify audience? We already know that 26% of them have already bought cars. Aren't you now 74% you know, <laughs> matched to car buying if these folks just bought a car already? Hmm. Hmm. That's a thinker. You know? They, yeah. already, told, they already bought them. But I, well, a, don't use Spotify Well, to it's cars. at a higher rate. So I okay, don't know so if just, 26% of the users have, have bought cars. So they just worse with their money? Is that what it is? They you just buy more cars? I think people just want, now that they're using Spotify, they just want a car that connects Bluetooth to their phone, so they're buying new cars. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they know this, A. <laughs> and B, I, don't I don't know how you'd look at this and be like, oh, this is good. These people have bought a lot of cars. I'm going to go sell, try to get more cars to them. Yeah. I don't know. Unless they buy more frequently. I don't, I don't know. Who, who buys a car frequently? Other than my brother. People are bad with their money. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> my brother's not bad with his money. He buys a lot of old cars. That's oh, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's investment. Whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. So that stat aside, though, they did talk about different targeting options, like people that have road trip playlists and things like that. So okay. again, these are people that are in their cars. Oh, I don't know if they they're in the cars. market maybe for a new Maybe they put more miles one. on there. That would make sense. Maybe. That could be it. Yeah. But okay. they didn't say that explicitly. That's our interpretation of it. I don't know. My favorite thing, though, was because they're Spotify, they wanted to link to their product and their music. And they, after that stat that we just talked about and how amazing it was, they just put beep, 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 yeah. And then they linked it to that um, Drive My Car song by the Beatles. <laughs> Wait, okay. Well, I, I've got a lot of questions about this article, mainly the fact that people might have already bought in the car. Mm -hmm. Also, Spotify and mobile is unusable if we're saying people spend a lot of time in their car. If you have the free version, because you have to shuffle everything and you can't play specific songs. So people that use Spotify and cars probably have some premium version. That's yeah, I guess that's a fair point, but I don't know that it necessarily matters whether they're in the car or not. So the people that don't have the free version, if they're listening at the desktop and they're that's making true. a playlist for their upcoming trip and their car is going to die on the trip. I mean, we're assuming a lot of things here. <laughs> a lot of assumptions. Okay. So, well, yeah. okay, whatever. Well, cool new technology. All right. If you're listening to us on Spotify, congrats on your upcoming car purchase. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Kelly Blue Book called Spotify. I don't know. Oh, you whatever. know Kelly? Yeah, KBB. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a person's name? We don't have to get into it. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about some more people with rising revenue, shall we? Facebook, their ad revenue continues to rise. And this just in, 3 million advertisers are using Stories ads. Do you know why? Why? Because they don't know they are. <laughs> Like we talked about earlier. That's why. We did. We did. And that's, that's it. yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's the only reason they're using it. You're probably <laughs> right. It's an automatic placement. It's included by default. Yeah. So Q1 was looking good for Facebook as far as ad revenue goes. And if you really want the full details on the numbers, you can check the article in the show notes. The thing that stuck out to me the most in this article, though, was that 93% of the company's total ad revenue came from spends on mobile. So again, right along with some of the other trends we're seeing, mobiles. Mobile's accelerating, not decelerating, people. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cars, ooh, 
cars and revenue theme of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Theme of the show. Okay. Um, more growth news real quick. App marketers spending on Apple search ads grew by 90% in less than a year. And that's according to Ken Shu's quarterly trends report for Q1 2019. And it's crazy that in, since two and a half years of the launch of this on the Apple search ads, they've made $2 billion now that it, it, per year. It's now a $2 billion a year business, which is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> That's, Speak, that's oh, yeah, a lot of money. Got, got an idea. Here, uh, $2 billion now. Two and they kind of stole the idea just from search ads in general. They just applied yeah. it to the app store. It's crazy. It's a crazy world. Geniuses. Geniuses. Maybe put search ads on marketingclock.com, see if we make $2 billion. I bet we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't bet you that. I wouldn't take you up on that bet. <laughs> I wonder what frequency our listeners buy cars at. <laughs> we could maybe tout that stat. Okay. Next up comes from the Bing Ads blog, and the title is Get Started, Migrate Now to Final URLs to Improve Tracking. And I did not realize that people were still out there using destination URLs. Hopefully not our listeners. But if you're listening and you are, stop it. Because according to the article, uh, starting in August of this year, the creation of destination URLs will no longer be supported at any level. Do you know who's still using those destination URLs? What marketers are using them? Who? The bad ones. (laughs) (laughs) I really was afraid. I thought you were going to say you were. No. And I was really, really sad to be sharing the mics with you. (laughs) Never mind. All good. Yeah, the bad ones. So if you're one of those bad ones, uh, go to the article on Bing's blog. There are instructions if you can't figure it out how to change that. They did say, as well as not being able to create them in August, though, you're they're going to stop serving any elements that use them. So if like your site links haven't been updated, but your ads have, your site links aren't going to show anymore. So get in there and change anything that may be lingering with a destination URL in your Bing ads. Yep. And to, to your point, check out your ads and your site links, everything, anything with destination URL. Yeah. Don't miss it. Okay, um, next story. Why Netflix may have to introduce ads and how TV is becoming a programmatic medium. It's a great article with lots of stats about Netflix's success in Q1, but we've been talking so much about that stuff. Let's talk about something else in the article, this little nugget in there that subscriptions to streaming services have surpassed cable subscriptions for the first time in the U.S. So that's it, pretty amazing. It is. They crushed them. It's 115 million for the four major services mm-hmm. to 89 million of cable, satellite, telco, and others. And that's crazy. That's crazy, especially because it is only four services compared to how many cable and satellite Everything. companies I could name at least. All these other people are sending you all that direct mail. Oh, direct mail. That's cute. <laughs> it's not cute. It's killing the world. Well, that's why. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right into the recycling bin. I don't know. I guess. Um, Implications for us marketers, obviously, we need to be on the lookout for new opportunities for ad inventory on these platforms, as well as shifts in the way some of the audiences and targeting work. I think historically, some platforms have built certain audiences or at least demographics, um, you know, geographic areas out of demographics from Nielsen. So we're relying a bit on that data now, but just think of all the ways that it'll be possible to collect and segment data now that more people are using these streaming platforms, if we can get access to any sort of segments that way, I feel like there could be some really amazing things coming. And last here in our paid round, announcing the Google Ads API doctor. This is from the Google Ads developer blog, and it's fairly technical. So if you're a user of the Google Ads API, we encourage you to read through it. The gist, though, really is that it's a new tool that can help make sure your client library is correctly configured. I like that. I want to call it the Google Ads API MD. Ooh, API MD. APIMD. 
I like that a lot. Yes. Sounds Submit like a Will Smith movie. APIMD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just right? like MIB or RPID or whatever those are. RFID? No. Chips? Wasn't there like some, R, I don't know, there's some movie with like ghosts or something. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> R-I-P-I-D or something? I don't know, something weird. <laughs> I'm just care. picturing Will Smith with a stethoscope on and he's like up to a computer listening to it, even though I know an API is not a computer. But that, yeah. that's all I can picture. Like from I Am I am Legend. I-M-L. I-A-L. He had a stethoscope there. Did he? Yes, I don't, probably. I don't remember. He was a doctor. All I, I only remember is the dog from that movie and I don't want to spoil anything, but it's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's Anything it. Anything left and paid? That's no, it. No, that's it. All right. Now on a non-paid, which we'll start flying through here. First up, Google Post can now highlight customer testimonials in some countries. <laughs> and from Google, they gave out a tweet that said, in some countries, Google My Business now provides suggested posts to help you showcase positive reviews. Which countries? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. Everything just says some. It wasn't in the article, so I, don't I know, know it wasn't. Um, but I, I do think the U.S. is one of these countries because I have seen it in one of the accounts I have access yes. to. Yes, and so the posts are going to be automatically suggested based on four or five star reviews that were recently left for your business. It's pretty awesome. I like it. Yeah, I'm helping people make more content easier. Yeah, they look really good. They look kind of like the posters they send you that you can put in your store. If you've ever seen those, they look the same. Great. Next up is the official AMP plugin for WordPress now supports AMP stories from Matt Southern at Search Engine Journal. And the AMP plugin is getting an upgrade, although the name of the plugin is called the Experimental Alpha version of the AMP plugin. Whoa. So you got to go off grid to get this one. <laughs> but once you do, the capabilities are going to include creating and reordering AMP story pages, dragging and dropping blocks for all you Gutenberg folks out there. Managing your content overall as part of WordPress, creating new elements such as text, video, images, a whole bunch of stuff. If you want to do AMP stories, you want to go to the experimental alpha version of Google's <laughs> official AMP plugin. That also sounds like the movie. I don't know if Will Smith would be in it, but somebody somebody cool would. Bruce Willis, the experimental Steve alpha. Steve Gutenberg. Who's that? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Did it, wait, wasn't he the printing press? Well, that's what Gutenberg is named after. I don't Not know. Some, I feel like there's some Steve with a G. There, Somebody will probably, probably is. let yeah. us know. We'll, we'll find out. And, and again, <laughs> I mentioned it in passing, but this is made for WordPress's newest release with mm -hmm. all the blocks called Codename Gutenberg for the printing press fella. <laughs> Steve, we'll call him. <laughs> probably not his name at all. <laughs> all right. Next up from Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Land, Google starts showing more images in web search results. Barry is a very funny, but very dry guy. And he'll tell you he's not funny, but he's funny. And you can tell it by this byline. He says, again, I'll just read the whole thing, then the byline. Google starts showing more images in web search results. It might be time for you to focus a bit more on image <laughs> SEO. <laughs> well, that's all, folks. That's all you need to know. It's like your doctor being like, yeah, it might be time for you to go on a bit more of a diet. <laughs> yes. And so SEO Clarity had published a report that looked at images in the top 10 and it jumped from 24% to 34%. So there's a 34% chance you're going to see images in the top 10. And again, that started, this started April 13th, but it was up from 24. So a pretty big jump. Yeah. And there's no excuses, guys. If you want to focus a little bit more on image SEO, there's a link in this article to some guidelines on how to do that. So no excuses. Listen to your doctor. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Dr. Ads API MD. <laughs> All right. And next up is from Twitter, strengthening our approach to deliberate attempts to mislead voters. And voting, Twitter starts with this noble statement. Voting is a fundamental human right, and the public conversation occurring on Twitter is never more important than during elections. Basically, if you want to report a tweet, you can now report it as misleading about voting, and it will go to a special group of folks. And bless those folks' hearts. Do you know how many people on each oh. side of everything is going to just say everybody else is misleading? And then you're going to have funny memes about something out there, and other people aren't going to think they're funny, and it's, just, it's going to be a disaster. So bless their hearts, whoever is getting any tweets that are being reported as misleading about voting. Yeah, they're like right in the crossfire of all the crap slinging. Not a fun job. No. All right, next up is from Vimeo, and they've got something called Showcase, which is a new way to show off videos everywhere. And they give you a way to create a portfolio or video site embeddable playlists that aren't like YouTube and could take you off of a site. But the reason I put it on here is because they've got something called TV apps for anybody pro and up. And with a TV app, Showcase will let you create your own channel on Roku and Amazon Fire with 27 and 30 million active users respectively without typing a line of code or hiring a developer. That's really cool. Do you know what I'm thinking? What? We need a marketing clock channel. Ooh, we do. Yes, on Amazon Fire. We do, and Roku, because I and have Roku. a Roku, and I watch those stupid channels all the time. You're about to get a lot more stupid channels. <laughs> I'm excited. They have, like, failed channels and stuff, and I just sit there and eat breakfast and just watch it. So, yeah, if there's a marketing clock one, I could just get my news. <laughs> just eating your Fruit Loops, watching some fails. <laughs> exactly. All right. Next up, we've got Facebook is testing new font-style options for post posts. So, you used to have the one kind of Facebook really sans serif blocky font mm -hmm. now you're gonna have a few other choices fancy simple clean headline and casual and facebook is getting into the myspace zone here pretty quick <laughs> that's what i was gonna say it sounds a lot like myspace when do you think we'll be able to add songs that play automatically upon loading your facebook profile what did you like better the songs or the animated gif backgrounds Ooh, um songs because i take my self-expression very seriously everybody does <laughs> 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 all right Next up is from TechCrunch, and it's about Portal. Aww. Everybody's favorite home helper is half off. My favorite thing from TechCrunch is the title of the article from Taylor Hatmaker called Facebook's Portal Will Now Surveil Your, surveil your Living Room for Half the Price. <laughs> half the price of what? Of $199. Oh, half of its own price. Yes. Oh. But instead of saying like, <laughs> Oh, portal's half off. She said, Facebook's portal will now surveil your living room for half the price. It's like, a great title. Yeah, that's why I read it. Like half the price of what? Your other surveillance that you have? Okay. I don't know. Scorching question we all have, Jess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook's renowned portal <laughs> is down from $199 to $99. Are you buying one now? No. All right. Next Are you? Up, like, Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is from Social Media Today, and it is called Instagram Tests Hiding Like Accounts to Reduce Focus on Vanity Metrics. And Instagram is experimenting with removing the like counts from posts while only letting the creator to be able to see their total number of likes so that they can reduce focus on vanity metrics. Again, this is a test. But my question to you, Jess, I thought that's the point of Instagram. Vanity. Vanity? 100%. 
So get rid of this too. Yeah. Get this out of here. Get rid of it. I want to know that only four people liked my <laughs> post and I want everyone in the world to see it so they feel bad and they like it more. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it then. And now it's time for this week's WTH. This week's WTH comes from theregister.co.uk and it is about an interesting case mm-hmm. of a new hurts.com. And the name of the article is called Accenture sued over website redesign so bad it hurts. Again, I love that. That's really good. I love a good title. <laughs> and basically, the car rental giant Hertz is suing over the website redesign from hell. And that's straight from the register. As apparently, Hertz, a very large rental car company, mm-hmm. hired a management consultancy firm, Accenture. What could go wrong? <laughs> I read the article, so I know the answer to that. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Like, <laughs> hey, I need a website. You know what I might hire? A management consultancy firm. That's going to go well. Word, I didn't hear the word website in, in the name of that company. <laughs> well, you're not going to hear it again <laughs> because it never got delivered. I just spoiled my own story. But they hired Accenture in August of 2016 to completely revamp the online presence. It was supposed to be delivered in December 2017. But a failure to get on top of things led to a delay to January 2018, and then a second delay to April 2018. It was also missed, and then they apparently pulled the plug because at that time, the website didn't do half of what it was specified to do and was not finished. Now, this might seem like it's not a big deal, but the cost for the project, Jess? Yeah. Why don't you say it? I'm too too embarrassed and ashamed for Accenture, the management company, to even say it. Yeah. I know it's bad because I was thinking, oh, we've all been there. We've all seen that happen. But none of us have paid $32 million. And they asked for an extra $10 million halfway through. That's just So 42 is what they wanted. I don't think they paid the 10 million. I, I didn't read the full lawsuit, but $32 oh, million. Didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> and so a few of my favorite points on what was delivered. Accenture, again, this is a management consultancy firm. We deal with people all the time, and it's, it's so frustrating mm-hmm. because – we do great technical work and we build a lot of really high-end world-class websites and people sometimes get sold a bill of goods from some fancy dancy sales folks that we just don't sell. Yep. So what Accenture delivered didn't incorporate a responsive design. Apparently, according to Hertz, <laughs> Accenture told them that they only needed desktop and mobile versions. So they're just out there M-dotting their way through Hertz.com, which is awesome. <laughs> and they called tablet a medium size, right? Didn't they do those? Those were their it's words, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't have a medium. This was a small and a large. No, there's also supposed to be a common core of libraries uh, that's a fundamental principle, so it could be rolled out in other locations. And apparently this was ignored, and the requirement was built so they could only be used in North America and cannot be used for the Hertz global brand or for dollar and thrifty brands. Which so I've never heard of. Have you? Dollar. Dollar thrifty. and thrifty? Yes, I've heard of both of them. Oh, those are separate brands. Yes. Oh, I thought like dollar and thrifty. No. <laughs> no. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so the code was so terrible that it was a security nightmare waiting to happen. And apparently the defects in the front end development code were so pers- pervasive that all of Accenture's work on that component had to be scrapped. The front end. <laughs> Just scrapped the front end. <laughs> what is happening? I, so there's a whole oh. bunch more. Another, my favorite part, can I just go over my yeah, favorite yeah, part yeah. here quick? Was that they were apparently supposed to give 
a style guide that could be interactive and updatable Please. rather than a PDF. That's what Hertz wanted. Something we could update, a style guide that is updatable. But Accenture <laughs> kept providing the guide <laughs> in PDF format only. That's yeah. all they could do. It's like, I want any, just something I could update, nothing but a PDF. Here's a PDF. I mean, at Here's that point, give him, a, give him a Word doc. You know what I mean? It's so easy. <sighs> I love, I loved everything about this. I loved the author, Kieran McCarthy. I, her choice of words everywhere. She said at one point there was a quote and then she said, Hertz cried into its legal pillow. I just <laughs> thought like, <laughs> she made it sound so dramatic, but it should be. This is a, a crap show. And then I saw a related article on the same site that this Accenture company was sued last fall over age discrimination. So these, these aren't some good guys. No one should hire them. Yeah. And I guess the moral of the story is you don't hire people because of their sales pitch. You don't hire them because of their sizzle. It's really easy to get taken in this format. And we've done a lot of websites. You've done many. We've done many together. And it is an actual thing. You want a, a development company. Oh, to, yeah. To build your site. Absolutely. Yeah. Just look for, you know, keywords in the name of the company or at least their description. And otherwise, you know, forever sleep with a PDF under your pillow. All right. What's next, <laughs> Jess? Okay. Now it's time for this week's cool tool. And our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention, simply sharing something that we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. So what we found this week was a lovely tool called BatchSpeed. And BatchSpeed uses Google's paid speed, page speed tool, but lets you test lots and lots of pages at once, which is really neat. Basically, you pop in a URL and the tool runs a test on that page while also crawling all of its links and then in turn testing those pages. So it's a lot faster to just get things done and check multiple pages at once. You can also submit a list of URLs or a sitemap too to get that done. So depending on the size of your site, it might take a minute or two, but it's worth it. It grades each page for you just like Google's PageSpeed tool does. And it also makes suggestions for speeding it up. So if you have a large site or just a bunch of pages you want to check at once, it's a pretty fast way to do it. So if you have a need for speed, check it out at batchspeed.com. Oh, I have a need for speed. (laughs) speed? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now for this week's must read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article is called how to use Google data studio to analyze your Facebook ads on social media examiner by Carly ice of WebFX. And she gave us the chills with this article (laughs) where she gives a detailed breakdown of how you can splice Google Data Studio. You need to use Supermetrics, just a quick disclaimer, which yeah. has a free 14-day trial and then is paid after that. But she shows you how to create charts, how to get the right data source, how to build a chart using data settings, how to customize it to track anything that you want, including demographics, age, gender, dates, engagement, and much more. And, of course, the last part is how to take all this and then mix it with year-over-year data. So it is a phenomenal resource over at socialmediaexaminer.com. Yeah, and that's pretty awesome considering Facebook's reporting is not that great. So It's amazing what Carly did here. Yes, absolutely. It's amazing what you can do with that data, for sure. Thank you, Carly. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially... Not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. Please be sure to subscribe while you're there so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week.
Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore, we just shoot the heck. And this week, we're going to be playing everybody's favorite game, Two Kinds of People. Jess, how does this game work? So in this game, we bring up a scenario in which there can only possibly be two kinds of people out there. (laughs) And then we determine which one we are. All right. Jess, what do you have first? I have a a light one just to get us started because really one of the kinds of people really bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) It may not bother you at all. How do you spell donut? (laughs) Ah, I I know. I I feel your pain because you've got Dunkin' Donuts. Mm -hmm. We've got folks that spell it differently here, clients. I feel like it's a dough nut. No. That's what I feel. But I don't I don't know how I spell it. I honestly don't know. Well, if I think about it in my head, it's donut, but I think I've only wrote D-O-I-N-U-T. Okay. So you're the right kind of person. But I feel like it should really be dough, like the pastry nut. But then it's not a nut. Let me see. Let me, I'm going to go back through my email right now and tell you. How about that? Yeah, tell me, because I'm really disappointed in you if you spell I, it. I don't know. D-O-U-G-H. In my head, I see it as as the way it sounds. Okay, let me see. Sounds, I mean, it, they're both phonetic. Actually, donut, D-O-N-U-T, is better. I just think if you're going to get literal, there's not always nuts in donuts, so then it would just be dough. There's no nut. Okay, and on February 11th, I used donut. Which D-O-N-U-T. one? D-O-N-U-T. Okay. So do Good. not. It's do really not. do not, though. Do Let's not. be honest with each other. No. The word no is N-O, so the word do could be D-O. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's just rewriting history here. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's just change everything. We're not changing everything. We're just changing D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T is way too many letters. D-O not be do instead do. In the word donut. <laughs> I don't know what the right... What does Merriam-Webster say? I didn't look because I don't need to be corrected can if we, I'm wrong. Can we say that Merriam-Webster is right? Um, sure. Wikipedia is with a U and a G. Ugh. I don't know. Wikipedia, so anyone right? can write Wikipedia. Yeah, go to... Oh, 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 oh. I think we solved the problem. Okay. A donut with a G... A U and a G is British English, and donut with no U and a G is American English. Okay, so there's That's two why. kinds of people: British people and Americans. <laughs> That's it. There's nobody else. Everybody else out there, you don't count. You're not real. Interesting. So I wonder if in Canada they use the U and the G because they go typically with more like color with a U. They just put an A in there. <laughs> and donut. Okay. Well, I guess it's whatever. We learned something. Right. What you got? Okay. There's two kinds of people. You're in the bathroom, washing your hands, and the liquid soap runs out. Oh. There's one person that fills it up with water, <laughs> and then there's another person that takes a little top off, tries to get real soap on their hands, and then throws it out. What are you? <laughs> I'm the kind of person 
that would not throw it out, I would refill it. But yeah, well, I'm refill, trying to yes. get I'm trying to get real soap. I'm married to a put water in as a quick fix person. Oh my. And it's startling when you don't expect <laughs> it. And it's quartz soap everywhere. It's like a super soaker. Yeah, I get it if it's a quick fix for like in that moment because you want to get your hands clean and then you're gonna go touch things, but you do not leave it like Never. that for the next person. Never. No. No. Okay. I am a hundred percent with you. Good. Thank you. <laughs> That's terrifying. Um, okay. Two kinds of people. You're going in the fridge for something, say some juice. You open the fridge, you get your juice out, you go to pour it in your cup, and then you go put your juice back in the fridge. Do you or do you not shut the fridge again during that time? I'm a big fridge shutter, so I'd shut it. You shut it. I just like the planet and saving electricity and all the little bunnies and things out there. So I like shutting the door. I am with you in theory, but for some reason over the last like year, this is a new thing. I have somehow developed a habit where I leave it open and it makes me mad every time I get back to my counter and I'm like, oh, I left the fridge open. But then it's like it's work to shut it and it's not. <laughs> this work? Yeah, like I feel like I don't shut it because it's going to take more time. But meanwhile, I'm just wasting energy and I don't know where this habit came from. So... I'll think of the bunnies next time. See, to me, there's way too much anxiety that would occur with a door open on a fridge. I probably would drop a glass. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'd be like, oh my goodness, I've got to get this in here quick. <laughs> oh I also have two kids, so it's usually something to do mm. with like milk and it's double time. And then I got to do two things at once. And I just, it's, it's a better experience for me and my sanity by closing the door, taking my time. And then opening again. I don't have a problem opening a door. Not that much work yeah. over here on the no. side. And I think you're in. The, I think you're in the right mind. I okay. just for some reason have become not that person, and I really I need to be to be talked off that ledge. So yeah, I'll think of the bunnies and your kids drinking milk. I'll shut the door. <laughs> All right, <laughs> last one here this week. There's two kinds of people. One person that puts their food in the microwave and makes sure that it's covered up. That <laughs> It's a sanitary thing going on. And then there's one person in the microwave that puts their food in, turns it up, and just sees what happens. <laughs> it makes a huge mess. It's just like, I'm going to put it in here, see what happens. Hope, hope it works. There's two, two kinds of people. Uh -huh. At home, oh, I, I think you know, by the description, I think you know who I am. Yes. But there's two kinds of people. Who are you? I'm a cover, cover it up person. Okay. For sure. Because I don't feel like cleaning my microwave after it's an explosion. It's the worst. Cleaning microwaves is disgusting. It's disgusting. You get it in there and there's a mess and it's up on the ceiling Ugh. and then it's dried out Ugh. and then it's dried out and then it's cooked 16,000 times on top of that. And it's almost always and orange. And it becomes part of the plastic Ugh. and it has pieces in there. And I hate that. No. I don't like doing that. I don't no. ever want to do that. No. Get a napkin. If you don't have one of those nice fancy plastic things. I have that at home. Get a napkin. And I just throw it right in the dishwasher, clean mm -hmm. it up, and I yeah. put it on top of everything so that and nothing pops up everywhere. I agree with you. And the other thing, when your stuff pops out like that, then there's less in your bowl. And it does that weird crusty like potato skin thing around the edge. Yes, and I do that and I put Ugh. a plate underneath too, just in case my covering comes up. It goes right in the plate on the bottom. It doesn't even make it on the glass thing. Wow. But we are... I don't, th I don't think that we are the majority. I think that most of the folks out there just want to see the world burn. 
based on what our microwave looks like here at the <laughs> office, I do not think we are the majority. Just put it in full heat. See what happens. Cross our fingers. Six minutes for one cup of soup. Just see what yeah, happens. Yeah, throw seven on there. Oh. What could go wrong? <laughs> Lots. Yeah, Lots. We. We'll see you next week.